you guys are in for a treat tonight. Um, at this time, I'd like to welcome Bree Dean from the LGBT Center to the stage, and she will introduce Mary Lambert. Hi, everybody. Um, my name is Brianna Breeze, and I'm an intern with the LGBT Center of Central Pennsylvania. And if you can't tell by my quaking voice, I'm a huge Mary Lambert fan. Um, <laughs> Mary Lambert is a truly incredible, multifaceted artist. She's a singer, a songwriter, a musician, a poet. Um, Many of you know that Mary is the talent behind the really cool, you know, Grammy-nominated song, um, Same Love. Um, and I think for those of us who are familiar with her songs and poetry, we can agree that in her deliverance of her truth and her experiences, we find that her words resonate deeply within us, as many of us are able to find reflections of ourselves in her brilliant and really moving work. And I know for myself, her courage to share herself and her creativity authentically with the world and to tell others that they are seen, valid, worthy, and loved is very much one of the reasons that I'm able to stand in front of you today. For those of you who have not yet experienced the power and impact of her words, prepare yourselves. Mary Lambert makes you feel a lot of emotions. In verse that deals with sexual assault, mental illness, and body acceptance, her new collection of poetry is a beacon to anyone who's ever been knocked down and picked themselves back up again. Everybody, please join me in giving a warm Harrisburg welcome to the wonderful Mary Lambert. How is everyone? There's so many people here. I'm so excited. Look, I got binder clips because I got my book. <laughs> I made a book and someone, I made, I was like, I have a bunch of sad poems. And, and someone was like, we want, we want to make that for you. <laughs> and they did, and now it's here. <laughs> um, this is the first like show performance with the book. So it's like, it's a big deal. <laughs> I'm so, thank you so much for being here. And I'm, I'm just such a creature of habit. I'm so used to having a band or another person or a keyboard. So I brought the keyboard. It's like a, you know, it's training wheels. Um, <laughs> I mean, I used to do slam and spoken word, but I just, it was a different beast. Um, so, okay, I'm going to do, I'm going to do some singing songs and some poemy poems. Um, can I have a little bit more piano? You guys hear that okay? Lay your head down. Lay your head down. Lay your head down on me.
sometimes when I cry, I start to cry harder simply because I am crying or because I know that in the world somewhere there are little girls wearing tutus and singing Christmas songs. I cry because on the internet you can find pictures of Sharpe puppies that look like rolled up towels. Sometimes I cry when cheese is really good or when I've cut onions, but that's just human. Sometimes I cry when Sarah McLachlan comes onto my TV and tells me about cats and dogs that don't have homes anymore. Fuck you, Sarah McLachlan. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I love you, Sarah McLachlan. I always say that just in case she's here. She's never here. think about those dogs that look like old men and I wonder what they look like as puppies. They look like puppy old men. It's so weird and cute. One time I cried at TSA. Well, that, we stopped there, but there's more. I saw a little boy wearing a turtle backpack and he looked lost and confused and I didn't know whether I wanted to steal the turtle backpack or the little boy more can't steal children, Mary. It's a felony. <laughs> One time, I've never told this before on a stage. One time, I was working three jobs. That particular day, I had worked 13 hours without a break, two double shifts serving, and I'm telling you, I was starving. I was so hungry. I ran to QFC, and I got a bunch of shit. I don't know what I got, and I brought it to my house, and I was so hungry, I didn't even turn the lights off. I just ripped it open and started eating. Here's the deal. It was a hunk of pastrami, and I was dipping it in sour cream. That's all well and good until your roommate comes home, and you're eating pastrami and sour cream in the dark. I cried because I was laughing so hard. Lay your head down. because they call me fat, even though I am fat, because most of the time a word is just a word until it stops being a word and becomes a weapon. I cry because there are weapons. I cry because one person armed with self-hatred and a gun can kill an entire room of people. I cry because shame propels so many of us that we're told it's weak to cry. I cry because humanity is terrifying. 
reality is frightening. I cry because I want to close my eyes to it, and I cry because I can't. Sometimes I cry when I forget my meds, and then I cry harder because I wonder, am I actually myself, or am I myself on meds, or is this crying ball of feelings and magic actually me? Trick question, it's both. I cry because I used to cry alone, because I wanted to die, and then I cry harder because your shoulder is so soft, because the sunset is so beautiful on the Connecticut River. I cry because the moon is out and all the fireflies are winking at me and they want nothing from me. I cry because I'm full now and I say yes when I mean yes and I say no when I mean no. I cry when I mourn my past but I cry because there's also good there's also chocolate cake and love and Harry Potter <laughs> and the brilliant gasps of magic of holding a hand. There's also first kisses and second kisses and third kisses and fourth kisses and hammocks and kissing in hammocks and love hammocks. I cry because I am so well, because I live so well. And how could one person possibly be so fortunate to live with all of this life? Lay your head down. Lay your head down. Lay your head down. What is the state? doing I figured I would just tell you right off the bat what I'm like um, and that's uh, just cr the word crying um, I was actually just crying uh, <laughs> it's cool um, I want to try something I've never done before but uh, I think I think it's gonna go okay okay I drove here today I and it was such a nice drive it was really long but it was really nice and peaceful, and I just really like your city, and I really like it here, so I'm gonna come back. Yeah. <laughs> 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 
nothing to laugh about. You told your joke, sang my sad song. We were young, we were scared, we had miles to go. But see. It's not so bad when you're laughing. It's not so bad when you're smiling. See, it's not so bad when you're laughing. It's not so bad when you're smiling. Sister, I My mother found a rabid dog and wanted to hug it, wanted to give it all her glorious honey love, wanted to bathe her children in a two-parent household. But the dog didn't want kids. The dog would scream it in the hallway at 4 a.m., reminding us as often as possible, maybe being unwanted makes you stronger, I thought. The sheer art of it, how the monster could panic into my body, Sometimes I still hear it in the chambers of my heart, the way some glorious paintings stay with you long after. I am a museum. I must be a museum. When I was seven, the dog told me I was going to be a slut. No one came over to our house to play. The dog made me write, I will flush the bathroom toilet 75 times. I would have remembered to flush the toilet, but I started blacking out around then, started forgetting basic things. The teachers at the daycare offered apology eyes and extra sequins for the art project the day after. The dog chased me around each room because I forgot where my other shoe was. When you were a child and your mind is panicked like a fire alarm at all times, you lose the ability to remember simple things. Do not laugh when I say it is a victory that I haven't forgotten a personal item in months. Shame is an ocean I swim across. Sometimes I call it drowning. Sometimes I call it Moses. Sometimes I say good morning and sway to its murky dirge. Sometimes I win and cut off its crest with a pink machete. Sometimes I want to fuck it and marry it and kill it all at the same time. Sometimes I spend my whole day apologizing on shame's behalf. Sometimes I think it must be an art form to feel this bad. Sometimes I outrun all of its psycho history. Other times I repeat the language from my child mouth while beating my head against the wall. All the time I am forgiven. See, it's not so bad when you're laughing. 
I came up with some restaurant ideas. Is that a good time to tell you about them? <laughs> After a poem about my childhood abuse. <laughs> Not funny. It's kind of funny. Okay, I have three restaurant ideas. I'll just tell you two of them. Okay, I lied. It's a grocery store. <laughs> it's called Whole Foods. It's like a regular Whole Foods, but everything has a hole punched out of it. <laughs> Except for bagels and donuts, they are those are normal, they can stay. <laughs> and everything's half price, because it's ruined. <laughs> Isn't that a great idea? Genius. <laughs> you guys wanna hear another poem? <laughs> My comedy special <laughs> is coming out, I'm just kidding. No. Um, so I have, uh, okay, yeah. This is called, It Does Not End. I always feel like I, I'm, I'm a walking trigger warning. I feel like I should always give a trigger warning, but I just, I'm like, look at me. I mean, <laughs> so this is your warning. Everything's, everything is explicit and awful. And, and I'm just gonna cry at you. And that's, <laughs> you're welcome, I'm bipolar, okay. <laughs> Dear 19-year-old self, I hear you whispering to that flashing black star. Yes, you are ugly in that nightgown. Yes, you are ugly in that silver moon night, crookedly holding a margarita. You were as ugly as the day you were born, as ugly as a field of tulips bursting red, as ugly as glittering snow on evergreens, as ugly as laughter. Mary, do you understand what I am saying? You are a creation, a gift. Tell them your heart is a bludgeoned castle. Tell them you were born for this life. Tell them you've got room, you've got safe stone. When they say that you laugh too much, tell them that your laughter is a skeleton key. You laugh because you've seen so much dying. You laugh because living is an absurd joy. To laugh is to be grateful for salt, for sweat, for crying. You know this, Mary, I know that the kitchen linoleum feels like an answer to a puzzle. I know you lay on it chain smoking, wishing you were a supporting actor in someone else's life, or at the very least, just a chipping floor, something that stays in place, something not girl. Mary, stop trying to die. 
I know sometimes you feel less than human, more like an unknown planet no one cares about, more like hot guilt, more like a catalog of trauma. Mary, stop trying to die. There is nothing better than looking into the mirror to discover infinite doors, to witness your own bloom. You are the best version of this story. We're all waiting for you. This one's called, Dear YouTube Comments. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Dear YouTube Comments, what would most make you happy? What would most make you delight in your own skin? Have you ever received flowers from anyone? Ever? Is it hard to be so knife-like? My little sister told me that she buried a flower once after accidentally picking it. Can you imagine that kind of humanity? Or do you find yourself ripping the heads off daffodils and laughing on purpose? Did someone once cut out your heart with flippant hands and you forgot how to speak kindly to another person? When you fell, did they press their boot against your chin and say, suck it up, pansy? Did you stay that way for a while after that unkindness, powerless? It hurts a lot less when you can't see your own blood, doesn't it? When you close your eyes like a nightshade, you can pretend the blade in your side is just a hiccup after pot roast. The mind is a mother like that. Kill yourself, fat cow. You deserve to be raped. Oh, Daisy. Oh, Lily, oh, Marigold, there are so many of us. Shut up, heifer. Girls like her make me sick. Do you know how strange it is that any body has an opinion on any other body? Do you know that some people never find what they love most about themselves? That they spend their whole lives wishing they were someone else, oh, lilac, Oh, Rosie, we're all flowers with our heads cut off. No one gave us a burial. Maybe you should sew your mouth shut. Have you ever loved anyone so much that you wanted to bring them flowers every precious morning? P.S. You are a sad and depressing fuck, too. I've been performing this poem for about 10 years, and every time I perform it, I need it in some form. It's become sort of my own uh, mantra, and I really do believe that it is like a huge part of my uh, journey of self-love and, and loving my own body and, and feeling confident. And uh, so I just feel like that's the power of just like saying things out loud, even if you don't totally believe them. Um, and, and then you can just lie your way to happiness. That's my advice. This is called Body Love.
know girls who are trying to fit into the social norm, like squeezing into last year's prom dress. I know girls who are low-rise, MAC eyeshadow, and binge drinking. I know girls that wonder if they're disaster and sexy enough to fit in. I know girls who are playing Russian roulette with death. It's never easy to accept that our bodies are fallible and flawed. But when do we draw the line? When the knife hits the skin, isn't it the same thing as purging because we're so obsessed with death? Some women just have more guts than others. The funny thing is women like us don't shoot. We swallow pills, still wanting to be beautiful at the morgue, still proceeding to put on makeup, still hoping that the mortician finds us fuckable and attractive. We might as well be buried with our shoes and handbags and scarves. Girls, we flirt with death every time we etch a new tally mark into our skin. I don't want to slit my wrist to reveal a battlefield too, but the time has come for us to reclaim our bodies. Our bodies deserve more than to be war-torn and collateral, offering this fuckdom as a pathetic means to say, I only know how to exist when I am wanted. Girls like us are hardly ever wanted, you know. We're used up and sad and drunk and perpetually waiting by the phone for someone to pick up and tell us that we did good. Well, you did good. I'm not asking because of who I am. I know I am because you said I am. I know I am because I said I am. My body. is my own. Try this. Take your hands over your bumpy love body naked. Remember the first time you touched someone with the sole purpose of learning all of them. Touched them because the light was pretty on them and the dust in the sunlight danced the way your heart did. Touch yourself with a purpose. Your body is the most beautiful royal. Fathers and uncles are not claiming your knife anymore, are not your razor. Put the sharpness back. Lay your hands flat and feel the surface of scarred skin. I once touched a tree with charred limbs. The stump was still breathing, but the tops were just ashy remains. I wonder what it's like to come back from that, because sometimes I feel forest fires erupting from my wrists, and the smoke signals sent out of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. Love your body the way your mother loved your baby feet. And brother, arm wrapping shoulders, remember this is important. You are worth more than who you fuck. You are worth more than a waistline. You are
are worth more than beer bottles displayed like drunken artifacts. You are worth more than any naked body could proclaim in the shadows, more than a man's whim or your father's mistake. You are no less valuable as a size 16 than a size 4. You are no less valuable as a 32A than a 36T. Your sexiness is defined by concentric circles within your wood. It is wisdom. You are a goddamn tree stump with leaves sprouting out. You're born. This poem is called Jesus Loves My Crop Top. And if you get the book, it's like I, I wanted it to kind of look like Psalms, and <laughs> so it kind of looks like a Bible. <laughs> That's my church. <laughs> One, I like my belly button. Two, my belly button does not interrupt your life. Three, why do you hate so much my belly button? Four, is it maybe because someone was mean to your belly button? Five, I'm sorry, someone was mean to your perfect belly. Six, you cannot love what you hope your body turns into without loving it for what it is right now. Seven, when I was in high school, I obsessively fantasized about taking a knife to my stomach like a bagel slicer. Eight, one night, I found a website that just had photos of girls with stomach rolls and back rolls, and they were smiling. And I cried because I was so uncomfortable and envious of their joy. Nine, I used to drink a fifth of tequila and smoke a pack of cigarettes every night. Ten, no one criticized my health then. Eleven, my body is what it is what it is. Twelve. The mirror is what it is, what it is. 13, celebrating your body is a revolutionary act. 14, I feel my own self breathe. I feel my organs when I breathe and when I shower, I feel my skin on my skin. I know that it is mine. I listen to what my body asks for. I put on a shirt that shows my stomach. I wing my eyeliner up and I ride my bike into the sunset and I will pick flowers with my love and later I will eat Brussels sprouts and maybe a martini with lots of olives in it and I will do all this because it makes me feel good and because I am worthy of love and cute clothes and happiness. 15, feeling worthy has taken a very long time. 16, I am my own holy revolution. Welcome to the church of my thunder thighs. I am awake and alive. I've come to wear all of the crop tops that the glittering world has to offer. I've come to dance the shame out of my childhood. I've come to win back my joy. You may not snatch it from me like a purse. 17, I win whether I have a mouthful of pretzels or a mouthful of kale. You have not been granted the privilege to know how I consume my world and what makes me most delight in my skin. I will glorify the shit out of my body. this one but I just feel like we're we're on this train <laughs> we're on this train and you can't get off you can't leave <laughs> you can't if you leave it's rude 
I'm watching. I'm just kidding. <laughs> you do what you need to. This is um, so part of part of this book is um, from an old book that I made called 500 Tips for Fat Girls, and I just sold it on my website. Yeah, you do. Yeah, <laughs> I just sold it on my website, and and it actually I think I I looked at the totals of how many orders I ended up filling with like this just this independent printer I, I formatted it myself and I, I sold like 6,000 copies just on my website and so thanks <laughs> and so that book I don't know why I told you that book's not available anymore um, <laughs> sorry um, it's in this book so uh, this is an older poem that I have since sort of uh, I revised a lot of those poems that I liked and I kind of chucked the ones that I didn't like and um, so this is uh, an older poem that has some, had some revisions. It is incidentally called Tips for Fat Girls. You are the ugly best friend. You are the misguided, the chubby comical relief. You are the sweet girl with inner beauty. And you will always be second best. The summer I turned nine, I gained 50 pounds. It was the first time I ate an entire box of Oreo cookies. The first time my reflection was foreign from weight. The first time I cradled my stomach like a child. It was the first time I said, Mama, I hate my body. I want to slice off these parts right here, but I know better now. I know girls like me have to grow a tough skin. Always be ready for rejection. Always be prepared to be left for the thin ones. Yes, they will always leave you for the thin ones. Be funny. Laugh at yourself. You cannot afford to be quiet and sad. Learn how to drink heavily. Learn how to hide your vulnerability. Become obsessed with your art. Always turn the light off before fucking. Always lay on your stomach. Always be on a diet. Always be generous. And when they take away the most beautiful, sacred pieces of you that you have to offer, always smile. You might at least have a cute face. Learn how to give head. Be eager. Be easy. Be agreeable. Call the shit covering your bones something creative, something like curvy or a little extra. Stop calling them thunder thighs. It only feels like earthquakes when you walk. Tell yourself that the aching will end, that the tugging at the shirt is because of the apron of your belly. Hide it. Hide your roundness at all costs. Be molding clay. Be an anchor. Be dependable. Be a model wearing heels. Yell at the scale. Call her the devil's hooves. Stop taking baths. Your body does not fit the way you want it to. The water does not cover your awful throw up. Split yourself into two halves. Call one half your mother. Tell her your diet's working. Call the other half Dove. No, call the other half. Shut up and smile. Call her Persephone. Call her that bitch. Don't be a bitch. Don't be a fat bitch. Be nice. Be a work in progress. Have an ego. Be a fierce femme. Wear makeup as if you can't stand to look at your own face because femininity is the only thing they've left you with. You cannot afford to be without bronzer, without teeth that sparkle, hoop skirts, hair that curls, Hair that frames the face, get tattoos, quote Marilyn Monroe, talk about renaissance painters. Never let them know how lonely it is to have a body that is a joke. The punchline in comedies, the before picture. Never let them know you want to be something other than the ugly best friend. Never let them know that the next person to reach their hands into your chest may look at you in awe at how surprisingly breakable you are, how you have survived this long. I wrote that as like a tongue-in-cheek. You know, like I don't actually mean those things. <laughs> but I, when I, the title of that old book was called 500 Tips for Fat Girls, and I remember just like people 
like I was talking to press about it, and he's like, so what are the tips? I'm like, you're missing the point. <laughs> oh yeah, okay, I'm gonna try this one. Whew. This is a this is a new day. This is a new set. How are you guys doing? Is everybody okay? I love you too. Thank you. <laughs> okay, here's a really fucking sad one. <laughs> I have to hydrate for the forthcoming tier. <laughs> I don't know why I make jokes about this shit and then do it. <laughs> it's like really hard. I went I had a really rough year. Um it's uh it's it's coming. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I'm a mouth breather. I can't help it. I <laughs> I also snore and and does anyone else snore? Is anyone else a mouth breather? <laughs> I there was a period of time where I was flying and I was only taking red eyes and I was flying like four or five times a week. And so I would just and and of course I always booked it last minute, so I'm like middle seat and coach and I'm falling asleep and I don't and obviously I'm snoring. I'm so sorry, everyone, <laughs> as if you're all on the plane with me. <laughs> but I don't know what happens during when I sleep, but I know what happens when I wake myself up from my snoring. <laughs> and it goes something like this. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I just give a nice crotch shot to <laughs> the people next to me. And it's like, it's like I already woke them up by snoring and snorting myself, and then I say sorry really loudly. I'm like yelling it in the plane. Insult to injury there. I also talk in my sleep. <laughs> one time, <laughs> one time I, <laughs> I was dating this girl, and I, like, I woke up in the middle of the night. I apparently, I don't remember this, but I looked at her and I said, now that's a desperate housewife. <laughs> I went back to bed. <laughs> so we didn't we didn't make it. We didn't last. <laughs> okay, you guys ready for the sad shit? <laughs> it's gonna fuck you up. After a mostly sedentary two weeks of intermittent crying and listening to Tori Amos, I have decided to venture out as a fragile, sad queer among the nighttime college babes and go to the grocery store. It's time to stop crying. At the four-way stop, after the bike path on Maple, there are a few streets that connect the farms into town. Sorry if I'm not explaining it well. She usually tells the directions part. There's a cucumber farm around there, I think. Something aromatic. I remember her liking the way that it smelled. I remember the night we had to pull over because the moon was so rich and orange and full of love. 
We stood holding hands in silence. Being welcome, we swallowed by the open night. The smell of cucumbers, the last twilight of summer still warm on our cheeks. As I drive by tonight, the road reminds me. The stars start whispering, look up. It knocked the wind out of me. It was just the way it happened, farmhouses dotted with Christmas lights. The air too cold to breathe now, a sad Christmas song on the radio, my chest caving in on itself. I pulled over just to see what it would feel like, but the moon disappeared, I'm not lying. Pulled from under my feet, the moon, it was you. You were there and then you were not, and this isn't a dream, this is what dying feels like. What it means to knife and to be knifed by the one that you loved and to keep driving home oh my life what have I done
you are, sand split on my skin, peel me open till I am nothing but a whisper. Name yourself sinner, I only play for pennies, and I don't play for sinners, I play for sadness, I play for dead things, puzzles of bones, sockets, please be stopped to worry, do this, for I am fragile. So what he saw me to sleep, I rested my head against the beat, and the music I like comes up and down like bobbing bodies in the riverbed, and they. Take my body and tongue and organs, whisper to my skin like sadness. All red and rolling stuff. I want every piece of me to crash into every piece of you. I swear to God, that's how they make stars. Remember when I said trigger warning? Congratulations. Um, I don't usually talk about this in shows, and I feel like this is, I'm just entering a new chapter with this book, and so um, I, I, I guess I'm learning how to approach it, and even though I talk about these things very explicitly in my art, I don't often come on a stage and, and talk about um, sexual assault and incest and um, whatever other horrors you can imagine. And, um, but I feel like this is the time 
um, to talk. And uh, I just, I know that this has been like a real shit year. It's been a real shit like couple years. And I feel like we're all just trying to find community and safety. And sometimes you feel like you found it. And then like, sometimes there's like a betrayal of trust or, or people you thought you could count on, you couldn't count on. And I just feel like, um, I don't, I don't know where any of you come from or, or why you're here or what brought you here tonight. But I know that, um, I know that everybody's experiencing something and everybody's battling something. And I think that it's so incredible that even with people that have anxiety or chronic pain, they show up, they come out and they, you, if you're dealing with, with depression or, or bipolar disorder as well, if you're dealing with post-traumatic stress disorder and it's difficult for you to come out in spaces, I'm really grateful that you're here. And we all have a shared experience of putting clothes on today, if anything. <laughs> um, so here's some difficult stuff. The girl with purple hair is sitting at my bar again. I think she is beautiful. And not in a way that I want to have awesome sex with her, but in a way that I want to drink chocolate martinis and go shopping for Christmas vests that have polar bears and possibly tinkly bells on them. She's having a full body cry. I am the worst bartender simply because I don't know how to counsel people without crying back at them. She's crying about the state of women. I know that we come from the same rotting wood, so all I do is nod. Rape is not a man behind a bush with a knife, she laughs. It's kissing you on the mouth like whiskey at a nice bar. The girl with purple hair and I are holding hands now. I only wanted an apology, an acknowledgement of what occurred. Grappling as girls, as artists, as ships in bottles, how do we change any of it? I tell her, I'm gonna write a poem. She says, no one wants to hear a rape poem now. This poem is called Rape Poem. Have you ever seen a stampede of horses? Do you wonder what the hooves look like from underneath? Have you tasted the blood from biting your own lips because you couldn't say no loud enough? 
I never fought back. I didn't punch him. I kept my thighs tight and closed, but once he's inside of you, you wish you were something else. A street lamp, a seat belt, a box of nails, of rust, something hard and ruined. You wish you were a wild pony, a slick fish on a line, anything but a woman. Once he's inside you, you just kind of give up. And your eyes glaze over. And they stay that way for years. groans. It is summer. I am sick. I accidentally swallowed watermelon seeds in our backyard. I'm sweating in my shame. I'm sure that I am pregnant. <laughs> the tree in the yard says, how pretty, how pink. I hate pink. I hate my dad. I hate pink. We don't have a yard. I didn't even eat watermelon. I am on the playground repeating the phrase, just be a kid, learn how to be a kid. Everyone I know is fascinated with the earth, but I don't care if the rain makes itself again. Recess is meant for chasing possible bachelors to evaluate whether they could be good fathers. I am in the foreground of the backyard that we do not have. I am pulling grass from my front teeth when I say grass, I mean I didn't want to be kissed like that. The garden was choking me. Someone cut holes in my flower dress. I am an incomplete. Eat, eat, eat. Incest is a skipping stone. Cutting me with a memory knife before bed. I am a child falling off of a bar stool. I don't have a backyard. The garden is choking me. Stop it. There is no garden, Mary. I am drinking too much. I am throwing up. I am throwing up my hands. I do. I do want to know how clouds are made. I like pink, and I want a yard. I tattoo flowers on my arm, and I missed it all. Jesus, I missed everything. I wrote this song, um, and it was like one of the most like upbeat things I'd ever come up with. So I was like, "Well, I have to put sad lyrics on it. <laughs> I have to call it Born Sad." <laughs> so this is called Born Sad. How are you guys doing? Is are we okay?
Keeping my head above water is all that I know how to do. But it's kind of beautiful underneath it all. Ever since I was a child, was always a sad one. And why you gotta cry all the time, all the time? Keeping my head above water is all that I can do. Did anybody ever teach you some people are born sad? Am I just born sad, born sad, born sad? How are all born sad, born sad, born sad? in my books to my chest, asking to pay. Some secrets to keep creeping out in my sleep. Asking my good gods, will they ever go away? Am I just born sad, born sad, born sad? How are all born sad, born sad, born to leave you with a, a lighter poem and I'm just scouring this <laughs> and I think I uh, missed out on that one how about no see I have one that's called spring is here but it's actually about 
depression. <laughs> you know, here's a sweet here's a sweet poem. Um, it's called Saturday Night Extravagance. It is Saturday night in Belltown. The bars are thumping of techno and bad decisions. The sidewalks alight like schools of fish. Bodies painted in short silver skirts glitter and axe body spray. The straight people are out tonight and they are very shiny. When we enter our apartment, the sidewalk sounds like a nightclub submarine, an overhead speaker of warbled bros hitting on woo girls and something about Stephanie 21! <laughs> and how she hates her shoes and needs her bitches. You and I have spent the day at Ikea because while eating dinner on the floor is very primitive chic of us, it is uncomfortable for my modern ass. <laughs> After assembling our dining room table and chairs for three hours, we are quietly sitting in bed. I am picking out more furniture I want to buy online, saying each product name out loud and giggling. I want a blend car, what does it mean? You are beside me, sorting through the mail in an oversized t-shirt, now razor-focused on clipping coupons from the Val Pack. Simultaneously, we look at each other as if we'd have the same sad thoughts. This is our Saturday night. <laughs> this is our extravagance. I am 23. The question pooled around in my head, making circles within itself. Is it okay that this makes me happy? Is it okay that I am content in this normalcy? You smile at me in a white shirt with hot sauce stains. Yes. With all that my foolish domestic heart possesses, I love this. Our little apartment with all of its stories of brick and doors to nowhere. I love that you hold my hand before you fall asleep. That you love to cook me every meal. I love that my heart is a window I didn't know was open. I love your frugality. That you clip coupons to get the best deal and you're remorseful when you don't. I love that our fights are fair and infrequent. I love the way my mouth says your name like music calling out of a cave. I love that when we kiss, it is a champion of all other things that lips can do or have done since. The bells that ring and the snow that sits in the city of my talking hushed from the simple ceiling of my quiet mouth resting on yours. This Saturday night, every Saturday night far surpasses any distilled grain, any pair of fishnet stockings, any diamond parade, yes. I want the promise of the cathedral of your mouth for the rest of my life, yes. I want to be the temple of your unraveling, yes. I want to be your chosen partner in the Ikea shit show super mall where couples go to die. Thank you so much, you guys. This has been really special and scary, but you made it really nice for me. And thank you so much for letting me be vulnerable and talk about all my like heavy stuff. And I felt safe and like I got trust. <laughs> um, I, I just I oh I just love doing this song, and I just think it's such a sweet song. I mean, I know I wrote it. I'm not. Uh. Here's the best song in the whole world. Are you ready? 
Um, I, I grew up uh, Pentecostal, um, which was so fun. And, um, and if you've never seen a six-year-old writhing around on the floor speaking in tongues, you haven't lived. I had a really hard time coming out, um, not necessarily because of my family or anything, but more of like um, inner demons I had, um, some really skewed, harmful uh, doctrine that the church had and still has. Um, but I remember this girl cornered me after church. She knew she knew I had a crush on a girl in youth group. That's why I joined the church. I mean, <laughs> jokes on you, God. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember this girl cornered me and she was like, how can you be a Christian and like girls? And I was like, how can you be a bitch and still consider yourself a Christian? <laughs> Riddle me this, Rebecca. <laughs> but it's okay, I got to sing at the Grammys, everything evened out. Thank you so much again, you guys. Um, I'll be I'll be here signing stuff, and um, but I I I'm gonna cry. <laughs> she says I smell like safety and home. I named both of the and please don't go I could be a morning sunrise all the time all the time yeah. this could be good this could be good and I can't change even if I tried even if I wanted to me warm, she keeps me warm, what's for me don't matter, do you hate your job, do you fall in love too easily, what's your favorite word, you like your syndrome, can I call you baby? People stare cause we look so good together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I can't change even if I tried, even if I wanted to. Even if I want
she keeps me warm. She keeps me warm. She keeps me Thank you so much. I'll see you soon. Thank you. We're going to take just a 10 to 15 minute break and let Mary rest just for a little bit. And we're going to have a book signing up here. So feel free to take your time. We have coffee. We have books. Mary's book is available for purchase up at the cafe counter. Um, so yeah, we'll, uh, we'll break down some chairs and make room for space for the signing. So thanks again for coming, everyone.